Welcome to What We Give, a podcast that highlights the remarkable ways people are contributing to their community. I'm John McKay, the Member of Parliament for Scarborough-Gildwood. Today, I'm joined by Christy Gray, Systema Toronto's Executive Director. For over two decades, Christy has been a performer, a composer, a recording artist, and a music educator to countless children and adults. I was pleased to speak with her about the profound impact her organization has had on our community and the next generation. Here's my conversation with Christy. So first question right off the top, Christy, is what the heck is Sistema? Um, and you can't say that it is a line of products for storing food. So <laughs> it is. if it's, it's not... A, the, it's also a Russian martial art. Um, oh, okay. So it's uh, not not a Russian martial art. It's not a line of products for storing food. So what is it then? Uh, so it is an after-school music program. Um, and we serve about 300 kids in the Toronto area. Um, and about 100 of those kids are in East Scarborough. Um, and we are mostly looking to serve kids who live in, um, in communities where there would be more of a need. Um, so kids who are maybe from vulnerable communities um, whose parents would need help with after-school care. Um, and the program itself began, um, it's modeled after a program uh, that started in Venezuela in the 1970s called El Sistema. Um, and that movement started um, with a man named Dr. Jose Abreu, wonderful, wonderful man, visionary, um, who believed that students, children were looking for connection and community, um, and they needed to have that connection and community in his area in Venezuela, in the streets of Caracas, where he was seeing kids getting involved with violence and gang activity mm. there. Um, and so he started in a parking garage, he started a music club, because the one thing he could do, he felt like he could do is teach music. Um, and so he invited street kids to come and uh, learn how to play the violin in this parking garage and more and more and more kids came and that um, movement that he began then in the 1970s has grown and grown. Um, today there are over 200 El Sistema inspired uh, community programs around the world and our program is one of those. Um, so we, we feel very lucky to be based here in Toronto. So um, Sistema is a, is a Spanish word, is it? It is, yeah. This and is and what's, what's, the, what's it mean? I think he really just meant the system of connecting with kids and teaching them um, social skills through music and, oh, really? and oh, helping okay. them to become, to realize their own potential through music. Well, that, that's quite interesting because, you know, you kind of use the name and I've been to your, um, I've been to St. Martin de Porres when you folks were there. Mm -hmm. um, I was dazzled by the program. They're phenomenal kids. I mean, they, they just deserve every advantage in the world. And so um, I just feel mostly very lucky to know the families and know the kids in these communities. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. Well, before we get to uh, the program and the kids, uh, let's talk about Christy Gray. So um, other than being a brilliant musician from the University of Victoria and uh, I think um, Concordia and, uh, and a whole bunch of other ridiculously qualified um, places of, of higher learning. Uh, where, where were you born and raised? I'm a farm girl. I was born in Creston, BC. Um, and my parents uh, for years were um, apple orchard and cherry orchard farmers. 
um, there we had a family business um, growing fruit. And that's where I grew up. That's where I learned how to play the fiddle. Actually, it started as a fiddle player. Um, and uh, So what, what's the difference between the fiddle and the violin? I noticed you say you're a fiddle and violin teacher. You know, okay, I thought that they were both the same thing. Um, they're basically same instrument, but different style of playing. Um, no. Yeah, so I think the one quote I love to, to say is, um, the fiddle dances and the violin sings. <laughs> oh, that's a great that's a great line um I, we, we my wife and i were uh, in cape breton about 10 years ago and of course they have these kayleys pretty well every night in every little podunk town around cape breton and she loved going to them absolutely loved going to them and of course every man in the barn wanted to dance with her and i just stood there like some sort of barnacle um yeah you have danced. to know all the dances don't you for those holy kids. smokes yeah 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 she was she she just had a uh, had a blast and of course everybody in cape breton seems to be able to play the fiddle yeah I mean, yeah yeah it's, yeah. Uh, it's a real community for that yeah. there's there's less fiddling in bc but there's a good pocket of us bc fiddlers yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, you, you said um uh cranston bc creston creston and where's that it's in it's in the Kootenai region, so um, oh, okay. so southeast BC. God's country. Yes, beautiful. Oh beautiful. my goodness! So so, how do you end up coming from God's country to here? That's what my parents asked. They actually <laughs> met in Scarborough, and they yeah. can't believe that I ended up back in Toronto. Well, um, there you go. But I, I, I ended up back here because I, I found work that I loved. I was working for the Royal Conservatory of Music um, right out of grad school, and you know, I wanted to work in music education and this seemed like the, the place to be for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I suppose, I suppose there is true. So your parents met in Scarborough. So, um, you know, on this show, it's all things Scarborough, all times, all places. So um, I, we're starting to like you already if, uh, if in fact, your parents uh, met in Scarborough. Well, um, I, can't, I can't bestow upon you official Scarborough citizenship, no. but I can say that you are on an accelerated path to Scarborough citizenship. Enough with the Scarborough stuff and enough with this, uh, this awesome journey to get here. Um, I, um, I know a little bit about the program, but it would be better if you uh, told uh, the folks that are listening um, about the program and um, and what you hope to uh, accomplish by the, with the program. Yeah, um, we in our program we accept students um, when they're little kids, when they're usually about six, um, sometimes a little older, but usually between six and eight years old. Um, and so when they come to us, they usually don't have any music background at all, or maybe a little bit at home, um, but they start out as beginners and we make an eight year commitment to each child who enters our program. So when they start with us in grade one, we say, okay, we're gonna be with you at least until grade eight. Um, and they come to us every day after school. Um, so they start right after school, they start with a snack and community time with their friends. Um, and then classes uh, go until 5.45 PM every day. Um, and the students are learning um, the basics of music, how to read um, music, how to uh, play by ear, understanding music theory. Um, and then they learn an instrument. So usually a stringed instrument, either violin or cello to start off with. Um, and they also learn how to sing in a choir and play in a percussion ensemble. Um, so they're doing about 10 hours a week of music with us every week. 
Um, wow. And yeah, so by that's the time, a big commitment. That is a very big commitment. It is. It's a free program. So the students receive everything they need for our program free, free of charge. Um, so we provide them with instruments, with instructors, um, with all the music and equipment they need, a free snack every day. Um, and for their parents, it's free after school care, um, which, as you know, in the city of Toronto um, is so prohibitively expensive. Um, so for families to be part of our program, um, not only is it the music education and the support that they get through that music education, but also the support to families to have free, safe after school care um, where they know where their kids are, where they're being cared for and learning important skills. Um, and that's an important part of our mission to support families um, and to support the potential of students um, in these communities. Um, you know, a lot of families are immigrant families or families who are struggling to get their start um, in Canada or um, families who are just really struggling, single parents who are trying to get post-secondary education under their belts and having that little extra boost of help um, makes all the difference in the world. And we can see that with the kids and the families all the time. Tell me about uh, what's what's the a profile of a student. Give me can you can you describe uh, the the student, or for that matter, the family that's attracted to making sure that their kid gets gets into this this program. You know, I think that it changes over time. I think at the beginning, a lot of parents are really just excited to have free after school care. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the main thing they're focused on. Where can I put my kid after school that's not going to cost a fortune? Um, where will they be safe and cared for? Um, and I think that it changes over time. I think for families, it has. I've, I've talked to parents where it's changed over time, where they've seen um, their child gain skills outside of music. Even they've become better at math. They've been, become better at reading. Um, they've been better at making friends, they've had more confidence, more leadership skills because of their involvement with their program. So over time, you can see parents seeing the value of being having their child be in Sistema for more than just the childcare, but actually their development of, of that student as a whole and the support that their family is given. I, I, wanted, I wanted to explore that part because um, there's lots of literature that talks about the connection between music and math Mm -hmm. uh, music and literacy, and um, and uh, it's not a well understood um, connection. Um, I would be interested in your thoughts about you. You obviously re reference it indirectly. So, uh, uh, explain to me the, the the connections that you see, both from the the literature, but also from your personal experience on um, on these kids, particularly in in their in their their academic um, life yeah i mean we're definitely seeing kids um in systema getting higher marks in in math in language and reading um when we look at the data we do see a difference um we do see that they're getting higher scores than their peers at in the same schools um on a consistent basis so they're definitely those students are doing better um, so the data is there. The data is there to back up that the students are, are getting those higher marks. Um, you know, and I think based on my personal experience, I think being involved in learning a musical instrument is teaching children a focus. Um, it's teaching them um, critical analytical thinking skills that they need to be good at, at those, other, those other skill sets that they need in math or reading or language um, comprehension. And 
you know, when they're practicing it every day, they also learn how to practice. Um, mm. They learn how they learn how to do their homework because they're learning how to learn when they're learning music. So they're saying, okay, I want to learn this particular skill. I need to learn this passage. This is how I'm going to approach it. This is how I'm going to think about it. This is how I'm going to tackle this problem. And those skills transfer. They, they transfer to any other facet in life, not just math or reading, right, but right. really any other skill that you would need. So when you're faced with a problem as a teenager and as adult, you have those critical thinking skills and those problem solving skills um, that you've learned by repetition. We know that that's how we learn things. We practice them over and over, and that's how we get better at things. Um, and when the students learn how to do that at a very young age, um, that's a skill that they can take forward in their lives. Uh, it, it's a wonder, wonderful, wonderful skill. I myself had access to that as a child, and I've seen um, many, many instances where it's done me so well um, to have those skills. And I really love to see those skills emerging in those students as well. Wow. So you would um, run into some pretty interesting kids from some pretty interesting backgrounds, maybe traumatic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested in a, in a story or two uh, about uh, some child that came in at a particular level into your program and then went on to whatever he, she went on to. Um, I'm sure you've got these stories because uh, these are, uh, th this is a amazing work that you are doing. Um, I can think of a, a number of kids. I, I, I would think of one in particular um, who um, was a child who was a single parent um, and honestly did not want to be in the program. Um, he, he was enrolled in the program by his mom. His mom really wanted him to do it. And for the first few years, even though he showed a lot of musical promise, super smart kid, was just really disengaged, really didn't want to be part of the program. And um, often would say to teachers, ah, I don't want to play the cello. I, you know, I, I, I want to quit Sistema. Um, and we worked pretty hard with his mom and with him to find ways um, that he would feel happier at the program and he would feel more like he wanted to be there. And his mom at one point confided in me that the real issue for her was that there was no really nowhere else for him to go. And what he really wanted to do is hang out and play basketball um, in the court outside of their building. Um, and her fear was that he would get involved, um, with not so great kids. Um, if he did that, he, she mm. was seeing that the kids were hanging out there were mostly getting involved in drug activity. Um, they were mostly getting involved in substance abuse. She just really didn't want that for her kid. And she felt like she just didn't have any other way, any other place to send him because she's working full time. Um, and so we just really worked. We all worked really hard at it. Um, and there just was a moment with him. Um, I remember it really clearly. I walked into rehearsal. It was just a regular weekday afternoon in September. And there he was sitting there with his cello. And he said, hey, Miss Christie. And I said, hey, how's it going? And he said, this year, I'm all about the cello. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh, amazing. That's so great. I said, that's really amazing. And he said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get into arts high school. This is my year. And really? you know, he just he just turned it around and I'll just never forget the year before his mom saying, if we can just get him far enough down the path that it's too late for him to turn back and go the other way, we just got to get him far enough down that path. 
And I remember thinking, okay, well, like that's a lot for a music program. I don't know. Can we do that? Like, mm-hmm. and, and it really, you can see now he's in high school. He's going to an arts high school. He's studying cello. Um, he's doing amazingly well. He's such a wonderful, wonderful kid getting amazing grades. And she was right. You know, he did just need to get a little bit farther down that path and she needed the help. Um, you know, she had the dream for her son, but she needed the support and the help to, to get him there. And, you know, I, I really think about that a lot when we're seeing kids now with, um, struggles and we're having a hard time. Um, they just need that help. They need people to believe in them. Now, I, I know you just had a baby and he's six months old and, um, and you're, uh, if you're anything like my daughter who had a baby two days after you, it's still, we're in the Guga stage. It's just, it's just the loveliest stage ever. Um, I'm, I'm completely besotted by my granddaughter. Um, but one of the things that um, is repeated in the, in the literature, the educational literature is that mom is the most significant influence on your educational um, outcomes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll be, interested again in your observations because the story that you just related had to do with not only the son but the mom who pushed and sounds like she's a wise woman Mm -hmm. um i i wonder whether you've made any observations as to um, parental units and how and who pushes for these kinds of programs you know moms are the backbones of these communities for sure absolutely um you know, we see moms so often at, at pickup time asking, you know, asking their kids, how was your day and how are things going? And knowing the intimate details of their children's lives, we see moms advocating for their children. Um, I see so many moms juggling full-time work and, and single parenthood and going to school at the same time. Um, I, you know, I think communities are absolutely lucky to have these incredible women who are doing so, so much um, in order to keep their families afloat, in order to keep their communities afloat, in order to advance their own learning. It, it's really inspiring. Honestly, I don't know how they do it. I, you know, I've got my husband here and I'm very fortunate in my own personal life, um, the support that I have for myself and for my baby. Um, and these moms, they don't have that. And they still ima- manage to raise incredible children and do amazing mm-hmm. things. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody uh, has had to um, adapt to the reality of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming your program has also had to adapt. Yeah. So tell us about that adaptation. How does that unfold in the last number of months? It's been a challenging year for the whole team, for sure. Um, we actually started online programming, um, I guess, just the week after lockdown started in March. Hmm. Um, I, now I kind of chuckle at myself, but at the time I thought, oh, well, they've got this extended March break. So we'll offer programming while they're on this extended March break online. <laughs> and they'll, you know, the kids will have something to do. Their parents will be at work. You know, it'll be nice for them to have something to do. So we'll tell everybody, take your instruments home for this March break. And, you know, we'll do some online stuff with them. And then you know, the lockdown will be over and we'll be back at school. And of course they never went back to school, but um, for the the whole rest of the school year. So we just stayed online and we, we started online and we stayed online. We were still doing online classes for the students. 
Um, the program still happens the same hours every day after school. Um, and we're still checking in with families and making sure that students are showing up on time and that we know where everybody is, um, providing safe after school care for students, even though it's virtual. Um, and the students are amazingly resilient. They're coming mm. to class every day. They even came all summer, um, which we never have offered summer programming before. We did this summer. Um, uh, thanks in part actually to a grant through the federal government. Um, and we're, we're just so lucky to have these amazing students who have formed a community and even in the pandemic are there for each other, checking in with each other, um, we see them on the Zoom classes every single day and, and talking about the highs and lows of their day and how things are going with online learning through school. And it's pretty cool to see how well they're doing. Um, and then it's also really wonderful to be able to be there for families and for kids um, in times when it is not an easy time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, you also have some pretty remarkable teachers. Um People who have serious talent and serious ability um, are taking out some time from their um, otherwise um, busy schedules to to do this. Our team is just incredible. I mean, if you look at the roster of teachers and our program, they truly are the superstars of the Toronto performing arts scene. Um, these young up and coming performers and thinkers and educators. Um, we've been incredibly lucky to have this team that we've been building over the last um, five or six years. Um, One name that springs to mind is uh, Morgan Melbourne, who is a pianist um, and she's our choir director for us. um, And she is an incredible musician. She's a performer in her own right. Um, And she, you know, she has really been there for the kids. She's really, I see her working hard every day to engage the students. Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, I was um, kind of co-hosting a lot of the classes that she was teaching um, in choir and figuring out how to do choir on Zoom, which is not easy because you can't actually play music together on Zoom. Um, And, you know, it's just been really inspiring to see some teachers like Morgan, um, you know, rising to the challenge, even though it's such a, it's a challenging time for everybody um, personally. And for performers, it's such a hard time because there are no performances. Most of the teachers have lost their performing income, which is a big chunk of their income, um, and also their outlet for their own careers and their passion. Um, And at the same time, you see them showing up every single day for their students and putting on a happy face and finding creative ways to engage and, you know, making up games. And it's, you know, we're really lucky. This community is really, really lucky to have these amazing people doing this kind of work. Well, we are really, really lucky to have you and the Sistema group reaching out to, well, I'm going to be parochial here and say to the people of Scarborough, particularly the people of East Scarborough, uh, for this amazing program. And I, um, I want to thank you on behalf of the community for what you do. But before um, we bring this to a close, I did want to um, give you an opportunity to say how um, people might want to get involved with uh, Sistema. And and Lord knows who's listening, um, (laughs) but um, some might be performers, some might be uh, 
donors, some might be uh, participants, some might, well, who knows? So, um, so give us a, an idea of how those who uh, want to get themselves associated with Systema can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website is systema-toronto.ca. So Systema is spelled S-I-S-T-E-M-A, systema-toronto.ca. Um, and you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can see lots of pictures of adorable children playing music. Um, and, and when and you go to Google, don't go to the uh, the website about uh, <laughs> about the food containers, products. Yeah. Yeah, or the, do, or the Russian, the, yeah, the yeah, Russian yeah, yeah. Uh, martial arts. Yeah, yeah. the music people. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Um, so again, I just wanted to thank you for uh, your uh, remarkable uh, willingness to, um, to engage with uh, the people um, who really do need an opportunity. And out of those, those opportunities, amazing things can happen. Absolutely. So, thanks very much for chatting. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to What We Give. I'm John McKay. This podcast was produced with support from Leila Sharif, Denise Loss, and Amanda Capito. If you like what you hear, subscribe to What We Give on your favorite podcast player and leave us a review.